this morning I'm, I'm challenged in so many different ways because basically I'm a challenged person as it is. If you know me, you know that's true. Well, yes, we're in the right group, right? We're all challenged together. I really, 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 really would like us to embrace what God says and who God says we are. Oh, man, I want that so bad for myself, and I want it for all of you. And the best part of that is that's what God wants. We have an opportunity this morning to learn some things from His Word, who He says we are. And I'm challenged because there's still parts of my life that I, I've heard God say certain things about me that I still wonder about. And I want those things to break in me this morning, and I want those things to break in you this morning. Because I believe this is something that we all share as human beings. And I just feel like God wants to, you know, he wants to say to them this morning, uh, no more. I need you to believe who I say you are. I need you to do that because you need it and because I love you so much. So let's, let's just pray. Father, we are excited to be in your presence this morning because we believe that we have gathered here to praise your name, that you have caused us, called us to be here together to praise your name. And, and this, thank you for that invitation. Thank you for bringing us together this morning. I am excited because you're here and because you want to speak words of life to us that change our perception of who we are. You want to say words to us so that when we wake up in the morning, we do not see ourselves the way that we used to. That we believe your words and not the words of our past, not the words uh, of, of family and friends or enemies or whoever speak words over us that are not from you. We don't want to believe those words anymore. We want to be influenced by your thinking. So, Father, we need your help today because we can't do this without your, without your Holy Spirit coming into us and leading us into all truth. So I'm going to ask that you empty me of me this morning once again, that you would just completely remove me from this and fill me with yourself. So indeed, only your words get heard this morning. Only the intent of your heart gets heard this morning. Because I know your heart is this, that we do not leave this, this place or your presence without being changed. Help us to believe. Increase our faith this morning. And we ask this in the, the mighty name of our elder brother, Jesus Christ, our Messiah and our King, who's coming back for us. We say this in his name. Amen. Amen. Okay. There is a, a huge, fundamentally and complex need in human beings. We actually need our views, our opinions, our thoughts, our, gene, our dreams, our, achieve, our achievements, the things that, that we go after and get. We actually need to know that these things matter. We all need validation. 
it's crucial to the human heart to be validated. We can tell that by, because when we don't get validation, what happens to the human heart? The human spirit. What happens to the way we think about ourselves? What happens to the way we think about other people? How we process information from that point, a lot depends on the validation that we get. It's, it's built into us as human beings. Did you ever stop to wonder why? In that word validation, there's a very small word, and it stands for something else, but it's the word ID. Our identity. Look in the world today and see how confused people's identities are today. It almost seems like there's a new identity for people to embrace, invented every day. And a coordinating bathroom to go along with it. People are confused across the board about their identity. Who they think they are. And it is essential that we go back to the scriptures, to his word, and understand who God says we are. The you are statements that are in the word are free, they are powerful, and they are meant to be permanent. But somewhere along the way, we have allowed other you are statements contradict what the Word says about us. Booby trap, almost done. I think we need a working definition of identity. Here's the dictionary's definition of identity. The dictionary describes identity as the condition of being oneself or itself and not another. Which leads me to believe that the dictionary has no clue what identity is. <laughs> did you understand that? I mean, if you did, you're a genius and I thank you and I might, you know, give you a little praise, but... Really? That's our identity? To know what it itself is? I guess maybe in the basic framework... Maybe that kind of makes sense, but I, I read that and I go, that, that's not what my identity is. I think identity could be described this way. Your significance, your value, your worth, your importance. Because all those things answers this question. Who am I? Who am I? See, this is the essence of what a human being is, and this is exactly what the enemy comes to rob, steal, and destroy. Our identity. If we can grasp this whole concept that our identity is hidden in Christ, and that he has multiple things to say about who we are, the enemy of our soul has no power to influence our thinking. So we need to understand this. We need to really embrace that. Because awards, achievements, trophies, mistakes, failures, mess-ups, none of these things define who we really are. None of those things do. 
In my wallet, I have many forms of identification. I have a driver's license. I've had it for such a long time. I think it's expired. No, no, it hasn't expired. <laughs> so when I passed my test, they handed me a license and it already came in the mail. They gave me a temporary one. But it's basically it says, you are able to operate an automobile. They hand out millions of these things a day. Would you say that everyone that has this license is able to operate a motor vehicle correctly on the highways today? So that really is not very good as far as identifying. I have a debit card. This debit card says that I am or you are able to handle your finances. Throw that one away. I have a Starbucks card. Hey, everybody, you know. Uh, it's, it, it's, you know what? There's no money left on it, but I carry it around for anyway, so let's just get rid of that one. What else do I hear? I have a health card. Oh, my health insurance is being canceled, so that's no good. So, I mean, you know, I have a business card. Chris Builders Community Church that says I am the lead shepherd here. Wow, that's great. That's awesome. Uh, does that really identify me? No. Now, as I pick up my trash, I want you to think about something for a minute. What are the identifiers in your life that you are hanging on to that really don't identify you? Think about that for a minute. Growing up in an abusive home, there were an awful lot of you are statements about me. Here's just three of them. This is, these are words my father actually said. You are a mistake. You are a problem. Probably one of the most damaging ones that I heard when I was about five or six and I had broken my collarbone way before cell phones. Father had the only car. He was at work. My mother couldn't call him and say, hey, your son got hurt. Had to wait all day long until my father got home from work. The broken collarbone. Didn't feel good. Mom meets my father at the door and tells him what happened. My father comes in the house. He looks at me and says, you are a waste of money. Because he had to take me to the doctor's. No health insurance in those days. Gee, just like today. I don't have any health insurance today either. But that's the Now, those words, those you are statements, crippled me for a few years. Because I started to make agreements with them. I started to believe them. I gave them power over me by my choices. Until I started to read this word and get into this word and understand that God has made our identities known with this simple phrase. You are made in my image. We are made in his image. God has saturated every part of our physical body, our spiritual body, our emotional body, our relational body with himself. He's imprinted it on everything. From our DNA 
everything. We really do have designer genes. We really do. Not the skinny ones. I won't wear those. This is why the enemy hates us so much. Because we look like him. We represent him. And we need to know and we need to understand who God says we are. And you might, walk, you might be walking today with some really bad you are statements about yourself. You might be carrying them today. I guarantee you that Father God wants to replace those with truth. With his truth. So let's look, let's look at a few of them. The first one is in 1 Corinthians 15, 1-2. Now I would remind you, brothers, of the gospel I preached to you, which you received... In which you stand, that word means continue in covenant. Continue in covenant to make firm, to establish. And by which you are being saved. Get to that in a moment. If you hold fast, it means keep in your memory, seize it, and hold it down. To the word I preach to you, unless you believed in vain. That word, those, that phrase is really a phrase together. You are being saved means being rescued, being delivered, being protected. But it also means to be healed and made whole. You are in a constant state of being renewed. You are being saved. Salvation has come to you. If you have bent your knee to Jesus Christ, salvation has come to you, but you are still being saved. Saved from your past. Saved from what people have said about you. Saved from your own mistakes and sins. Saved from all that being made in the image of Christ along the way. You are constantly being renewed by grace. You are being saved. Let's look at another one in 1 Corinthians 3.16. Did you not know that you are God's temple? Divine dwelling place. And that God's spirit dwells, occupies, lives with, cohabits in you. Think about this. The creator of the universe. The universe is vast. The universe is expanding. We don't know how big it is. The creator of the universe who created this infinite, vast universe fills it with himself but lives outside of it. Lives outside our understanding of time and space. God is big, God is huge. God is overwhelming. God is so big, we can't even wrap our mind about it, but where does he choose to live? The human heart. This big God chooses to live in this frame that we call us. 
You are God's temple. Isn't it great? Okay, let's continue this thought here. God wants to cohabit and live with you inside your heart. He's talking about living together with you. I don't know about you, but that blows my mind. If God wants to cohabit and live inside of my heart, what does that say what he thinks about me? Think about that. You're not as bad as you think you are, okay? <laughs> John fifteen five says, I am divine and you are the branches. Whoever abides, stays, remains, doesn't plan on departing in me, and I am is he that bears much fruit. The invocation here is generational. Because really the word there is not just for produce, it's actually for children. Bear much fruit. And not just really just bearing more kids. It means that whatever you do is generational. Your fruit goes on. Your fruit goes on after that. And then it goes on even further. Because in, from apart from me, you can do nothing. God takes our lives. He, it's, you know, the, the scriptures say that, that He sets the lonely in families. He's taken us and set us into His family. He chooses to abide, uh, abide in our heart. And He asks us to abide with Him, to stay, to remain. Not planning on leaving Him ever. In a vineyard, when they graft a branch to the vine, they need to plant that section in, in different soil. It's got to be really soil that's heavily nutrified. It's got lots of nutrients in it. It's, got to, it's special soil for it. And not only that, that place where the branch meets the vine, they, it gets covered with this waxy substance to protect it from drying out. From apart from me, you can do nothing. You'll dry out. You'll lose life. You lose vitality because you need to be connected to me. You are the branches, not because you're substandard. You're a branches because I want you connected to me. See, this is an invitation. This is a wonderful opportunity to realize that we're not just some afterthought and God is just sticking us on in places. No, this is God's plan. That we have generational scope in the way we relate to him in the way we relate to each other. You are the branches. You are generational. I'm generational. Here's another. And this is one of my favorites. If you know anything about me, you know why this is a favorite of mine. Galatians 4.7 So you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then you are an heir. That word means possessor, owner, through God. Adoption to his family has removed the slave and the orphan mentality from us forever. 
We are sons and daughters of the Most High. You are a son. You are a daughter of the Most High. This is what the Scripture promises, that we're no longer a slave. Which means we're no longer a slave to the past. To those old you are statements that were said over us and said to us that we chose to believe somewhere along the way and acted out as and started to live a life that kind of reflected those you are statements. And God says, you're no longer a slave to that. But what you are is my son, my daughter. And you're an heir, which means you possess everything that I want for you in the kingdom to have. You're an owner of this now. You own this. No longer your past. Your past doesn't own you anymore. You own this. You are no longer a slave. And it is really time to, to believe a new message about ourselves. Listen to these quick hits. John eight thirty one says that you are my disciples. You are my disciples. I want you close by so I can teach, instruct, and guide, mentor, bring you into a different understanding about your Father God. You are my disciples. Matthew 5.13 says that you are salt. Salt was one time so valuable it was used as currency. That phrase that you're not worth your salt, came when they used to measure slaves in piles of salt. So that slave was not worth his salt. He says, you are salt. And I'm spreading you out in the world because you're valuable to me. Wow. Matthew 5, 14 says that you are the light of the world. Mission. We have a mission. God thinks we're so valuable that he's willing to send us out on a mission for him. He knows what he's imparted into us. He knows what he's impregnated us with. His life. You are the light of the world. And here's a great one. John 15, 3 says, You are clean. This morning, you are clean. You're not, you're not covered with past stuff, past sin stuff. If you have accepted Jesus Christ as Savior and Messiah, man, you are clean. That's a powerful statement. There's freedom in that statement. And again, one of my other favorites, John 15, 14. You are my friends. Jesus, Messiah, wants to be so intimate, so close. He calls us his friends. Really? Do you believe that this morning, that you are his friends? That you are clean? That you're the light of the world, that you're salt? Hmm, it's powerful stuff. This is warm, it's inviting. But I have one more, and it's a little bit different. Romans eight thirty seven. Know in all, and that word, never that word all. We studied that last week, right? right? Every, all these things, we are, we are more than conquerors.
through him who loved us. That word conquerors means super conquerors in its base level. Super conquerors. It means that person has gained, gained a decisive victory. Not gaining a decisive victory. Not going to get a decisive Has gained a decisive victory. Super conquerors. You are more than conquerors. You are. We are more than conquerors. That word is reminding us that we are together much stronger than just as individuals. It promises to us individually, but also collectively as a body of believers walking in covenant with Jesus Christ together. I got thinking about victory. I think, I think victory has an identity too. And I think sometimes when we get derailed about our identity... It's tied into what maybe we think about what victory really is. Let's see if I can explain this. Because sometimes we might doubt who we are, doubt some of these, these wonderful statements that God says we are, because we might think, because our prayer didn't get answered a certain way, or because certain life circumstances are happening a certain way, that we are, we were not really walking in victory. I think we need to understand victory in a different way. Because if we think victory means that we don't suffer anything, that we don't go through hard times, hardship and persecution, if we think victory is just that, if that means that we come out of something unscathed and unblemished, and that's a victory, I think we have mistaken what victory really is. Because what do we do with the cross then? What do we do with the cross then? And we think that that really is how we define victory in our lives. Jesus suffered and died. And because so, we have victory. His victory over the grave means that we have victory. And it caused our Savior immense suffering and pain and personal choice to go through something for the bigger picture. So I think we need to look at victory in a whole different light this morning. Some of the things that you're walking through, some of the difficult things that you're walking through, that I'm walking through, does not mean that we're not victorious. That we are not super conquerors. What it only means is that we're human. But we serve a God who says these wonderful, powerful, you are statements over us to help us get through these times and recognize what victory really is. Victory is this. It's freedom. It's the best definition I can think of when I think about victory. Victory is freedom. Jesus won our freedom through what he suffered and died and rose up again. Difficult circumstances, situations. Because what it says in all these things, it was talking about trials, and talking about hard times, talking about being led to slaughter, it says. But it says in all these things, we are what? We are more than conquerors. 
Again, let Jesus define victory for us. Let Him define it for us. I have a proclamation. I took all these things together and I made a proclamation for you and for me. You know I'm big on proclamations. I think the Scriptures are full of proclamations. So I'd like to read these over you and I meant to have copies, I'm sorry, but there will be copies of this. But I, I really believe that this is prophetic in its spirit. And this is something that God wanted me to do. So here we go. You are redeemed. Saved from darkness, walking in light. And your light, and your light shines with His love. You are a place where God dwells. Where He chooses to live. You are covered by Him and your life grows out of His, connecting with others and producing generational life. You are no longer bound, no longer chained or in captivity, and you are not a slave or an orphan. You belong to Him. You are a son. You are a daughter of the king. Through him you are more than a conqueror. Your victory is overwhelming. Your victory is complete and will never be taken from you. You are his. His. Romans 8:16 says this, the spirit test himself. The spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. I think about these UR statements, and there, there are more. And, and I would encourage you to, to go and search these things out. There's some in the Old Testament. There are some powerful UR statements that God makes over and over again because He wants us to know Him and He wants us to know who we are. He doesn't want people to be confused about their identity whatsoever. That was never God's intention. He wants us to know. And He's more than willing to tell us through His Word who we are in Him. Our response is to believe. Is to believe. And to accept that His Word is true. So this morning, I hope, I hope some of these things challenge your heart like they're challenging mine. Because, like I said, there's still remnants of those you are statements still kind of here, messing up thoughts and beliefs and things like that. And, and God says, you know, I don't, this, you're my son, you're my daughter, I don't want you to have those. I want you to think like I think about you. Because there's freedom. There's victory. And no matter what hardship comes your way, if you are embedded in those you are statements, you're going to be more than a conqueror. And you're going to be able to get through these things because you're going to know the right frame of mind to think while you're going through those things. You're going to know what to believe when you're going through those things. So that's why they're important. So I hope they challenge you this morning.